0: Drew Allen, and I'll tell you what—he's a tough guy. A millennial
1: conservative. I've,
0: I've become a big fan of one your writing. Of the great young thinkers of our time? Appreciate and his opinion. Conservative. Drew trends. Allen. And why I look into this guy for wisdom?
1: Got a show over at the the Daily Wire. He's one of us. He's one of the good guys, and he's under attack, of course, by the left. Because at CPAC, he gave a speech and he called out the radical mental illness that is being pushed in this country by the left, which is transgenderism and gender ideology. And he called for eradicating transgenderism, the ideology. And of course, the left went ballistic. This is what they do. They always go on the attack. They mischaracterize and they smear. And I. Morality, no sense of decency whatsoever. And this is what we're up against. And we've got, to, of course, discuss how we're going to combat this and address it. So Michael Knowles, I just want to go on the record right now. I have Michael Knowles back 110%. Not only did he not say something wrong, but he said something was that was absolutely true. We do need to devote ourselves to to eradicating this dangerous, perverse transgenderism and the ideology that, it, that, it, that it, you know, comes with it. And the left, what did they say based on that comment? That he's calling for genocide. He's calling for genocide. I don't recall the left when it, 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 was, it was a senator from Ohio, Tim Ryan, a Democrat. He called to kill MAGA. Those were, that's an exact quote. He said he called on voters to kill MAGA. The left wasn't upset by that. Look, the left knows exactly what Michael Knowles was talking about. And they're just so, so just, I mean, these people, I mean, we got to learn to fight fire with fire. But anyway, Michael Knowles is right. You know, when he calls for eradicating transgenderism as an ideology, what he's talking about is noble, just as noble as the left's war on poverty or the war on drugs You know, the calls to eradicate transgenderism is a call to eradicate mental illness in this country. I am sorry, but a man or woman who feels like they were born into the wrong body, that's a mental health problem. It is. And the issue with our side is we get put on the defense again, um and we don't we don't need to do this. But while we're sitting here trying to factually explain and 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 you know g- go through some kind of common sense, pragmatical ex- pragmatic explanation of our side and being polite, well the left has been behind the scenes getting doctors, getting pediatricians, getting their so-called experts to actually fundamentally change the definition of gender to then use that against us down the road. And this is how the left always operates. They're always playing the long game. They're always 10 steps ahead of us. And, you know, I, I, I just want to I, I, I want to start spending time on this program doing something unique, which, which I don't hear a lot of places. You know, it's, you, know you, you can hear me or 20 other guys talk about the events of the day. Obviously, everyone has their own expertise and experience and way of talking about things, a voice you may like more than the other. Some are more famous than others, and that's fine. That's fine. But I want to start to do something important here that needs to be done, and I hope other people take note and do this as well. And that is to begin to explain, to really delve into what the Democratic Party is doing, to kind of show people and showcase the tactics that are being used, to help explain why we're losing a lot of these culture wars, and what we can do to fight back. Because the rules of engagement, the rules of conduct, those have to change for us. You know, we are constraining ourselves. We are self-imposing these restrictions on ourselves that don't have to, you know, getting rid of them doesn't mean that we become bad people. It It doesn't violate anybody's Christian faith or anything else. The fact of the matter is that we are engaged in a war. All right. The left acknowledges that it's a war. But we're sitting here acting like Neville Chamberlain with this policy of appeasement. And appeasement doesn't work. Because of appeasement, the left has seized all of this territory in America, academic, cultural, you name it. And we're sitting here in this perpetual defensive posturing, just watching the world around us burn. And I just, it's stunning to me how many, you know, there's so many conservatives out there, well-intentioned, good people, smart people. I i, I am not trying to malign you but I just want to be realistic and honest about the problem because we can't be victims. That's not our thing. And so we've got to take responsibility for what's happened to this country, look in the mirror, and change tactics. And a lot of well-intentioned people for a long time, you know, I saw this video. I don't know if you saw this circulating, Captain, but it was a, a man. He happened to be black. He was loading a magazine and putting it in a firearm in broad daylight on a street in downtown St. Louis, Missouri. And he executed a homeless man sitting four feet away from him. Now here's the thing. As horrendous and disgusting as that murder and execution was, this was filmed. This was filmed. Somebody A man, because you can hear his voice narrating this whole thing, is standing 10, maybe 15 feet away, filming this entire thing happen. And it takes this murderer, this executioner, 40 seconds. He's obviously not an expert with firearms. It takes him 40 seconds to load this magazine and put it in the gun before he pulls the trigger. And so for 40 seconds, this citizen stood by and watched this happen. This is the voyeurism, right? I call it conservative voyeurism. So while the left is doing, right? And I'm sorry, you know, what, what we conservatives want more than anything, right? We, we want to go to work. We want to take care of our families. We want to be left alone. We, we just want to live our lives. But the problem is, while you're going to work to pay off your school, the left is getting hired by these universities to turn them into indoctrination camps. Do you understand the problem here? It's this passivity. And so a lot of people are sitting around, scratching their heads, saying, where's the America I grew up in? Even I, at 36, can analyze and look at that now. Where is the America that I grew up in? I mean, it really, the the, the change rapidly began when Obama became president. But it has even gone faster since, of course, Biden has come into office. And so, you know, this, this, this didn't happen overnight. It's been happening for a long time. And, and, and the left has studied us. I mean, Saul Alinsky, which I'm going to get into some of his tactics throughout the show today, he wrote a book in 1971 called Rules for Radicals. Hillary Clinton worshiped Saul Alinsky. That became the playbook for Democrats. Saul Alinsky was a community organizer like Barack Obama. And all that means is he was a professional communist agitator. And their goal and objective, as explained in this book, very candidly, is to foment Marxist revolution in the United States of America. And so in 1971, Saul Alinsky publishes this book called Rules for Radicals and lays out, gives a blueprint, gives exact rules on how to defeat us. And do you know what he calls us? He doesn't call us political opponents. He calls us the enemy. So since 1971, at least. Saul so has openly called us the enemy. The left has been at war with us, and we're sitting here, like I said, like Neville Chamberlain. Oh, well, you know, maybe if we just compromise with his people, they'll leave us alone. No, it's never going to happen. So we have to go on the offense, all right? And one of the things that I want to do early in the program right now, I wrote a, a piece about this, just, I put it on my own substack, drewallen.substack.com. And if you want to study this in the future, if you want to read it, if you want to you know, whatever. If you like reading, you know, you can find a lot of the substance of what I'm going to get into now in that article. But John Stewart had a Republican state representative named Nathan Dom on the problem with Jon Stewart. And, you know, I call it in the piece, you know, the massacre of Nathan Dom. And I'm not attacking Dahm. I, I don't want to be mistaken here. I'm using what happened to Dom to prevent it from happening to other people because the left uses very specific tactics when you debate them to defeat you and to make you seem stupid and to humiliate you, and of course to build you know to give their own side strength to make us look weak right to to have momentum you know much of this war in America is a war of attrition attrition so it's it's just this. This this snowball going downhill, and it's just picking up and getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And the left, of course, the more victories they claim, even if they're just superficial, well, the the, the larger their base is going to increase because, frankly, let's be honest, the average American citizen out there is a coward. They're not a free thinker. They're not leaders. So they want to go the path less traveled. It's like the cool kids at school, the jocks, the cheerleaders. They could be the biggest a-holes on the planet, but you know what? You don't want to mess with them because people deep in their hearts, they just want, you know, they're insecure, you know? So they want to belong to something that's going to at least make them superficially feel like they belong to some greater cause, that they are important, all right? And so a lot of this narrative battle that goes on, Look, I can't understate it enough. It's so important that we do not apologize for our side, that we don't apologize for somebody like Donald Trump. Even if you privately want to do it amongst yourselves, don't do it to your Democrat friends, and don't do it in public, because the left doesn't apologize for anything. And the problem is, the apologies, they create weakness in the movement. All right, and so all those independents out there and everyone else, what do they want? They just want to pick a winning horse. They don't want to be attacked. And so we have to ramp up attacks against the left because we need to make it as uncomfortable for them to show their faces and talk about their points of view in public as they've made it for us. That's true. You have to keep the pressure on. So anyway, back to Dom, right? So he goes on with Jon Stewart and he makes a mistake, right? He he goes on as a guest and I know he actually was a guest, literally speaking. But you're not invited on these shows with leftists. And I can speak from experience. You're not invited on so that you can share your point of view with their audience. So that you can have a candid discussion about you know, what you think and what they think. The only reason you're invited on one of these shows is so that they can humiliate you. That's why they have you on their shows. And this happened to me early in my career. You know, I started, I started well, this, this career, if you will, at least as a political analyst. You know, so I, you know, I, I started going on radio and TV shows to talk about different issues, and I think it was the end of 2020 when that started for me, and relatively early on, you know, I was having all these great interviews, I'd go on, you know, the usual suspects, I was on Newsmax, I was on, uh, you know, other friendly outlets on radio across the country, to big shows, small shows, and we had a hoot, and then I got booked on this show I hadn't heard of, and... You know, I, I didn't really think much of it. We're, I was going on to talk about the COVID mandates, the COVID mandates, and uh, what was being done, you know, as a Californian especially, and, and this force to, to punish people and prevent them from working and harm their livelihoods if they didn't get this experimental vaccine. And so I got a call from the host the, the day before the interview. He just wanted to touch base with me. He said he was very polite. An older gentleman, been around for a long time. He described himself to me as a moderate. And we talked about my position. I, I explained, yeah, I'm a, I'm a conservative. I'm, you know, I was 34 probably at the time or, And he he was very enthusiastic. He was very kind. He was very excited to have me on the show. He said he was looking forward to talking to me. We were going to have a great debate, a great conversation. He had some other guests coming on too. And it would just be really, really great to talk about these issues. Well, the next day when I went on the show, it was not a friendly environment. It was hostile. There were four people on this show. Me, the host, and two other guests. I was the only person that was on the right. I was ambushed by three people. I was not permitted to make my points. When I started to make a point and get through and push back against them, the host would shut me down and silence me, cut me off mid-sentence. And because I wasn't in a studio setting, like in the case with Jon Stewart and Dom, there really wasn't much I could do because it was over a video screen, right? And so I learned very early on, do not go into these interviews with the enemy. And that's what they are, and that's what they view you are as. Don't go into those interviews without a strategy. Don't go in there expecting to be treated with respect. Don't go in there expecting that this person is your friend and that they want to hear from you. They don't. It's a setup and it's a trap. And that's what happened to Dom. And I'm sure he learned his lesson. I had to learn it the hard way. And I have. But it's good. We go through that. And now we can share how to deal with it in the future. So I've got, I think, eight clips here from this. It's like an eight-minute interview. I've split them up. To make points, all right. So go ahead and cue up cut one, Captain. We'll go, go through these relatively quickly. I want to hear how. I want you to hear how this interview begins. So again, it's Nathan Dom, whose position is that more guns uh, equal less crime, and you have John Stewart, who is a propagandist for the left, a very a very experienced one. And to John Stewart's credit, he knows what he's doing. He knows what he's doing. So Nathan Dom. Is a novice, and he goes into the lion's den with John Stewart, not knowing that he's the meal. So go ahead and play cut one, Captain. Go.
2: I'm a strong proponent of the Second Amendment. Uh I believe the right to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Uh That's the one right that's listed in the Constitution that uses that very specific affirmative language. You know, shall not be infringed. Oh, it's also the
0: one right that uses the the phrase well regulated
2: correct when it's talking about the militia and the
0: state uh, by the uh, way just for clarity's sake yeah i'm not against the second amendment i'm not against. i don't want to ban guns but
1: lesson lesson number one forget the fact that john stewart's wrong about the well-regulated regulated regulated militia i think i've talked about it on here before i'm not going to rehash it out right now the the well-regulated portion of it one we are rewriting the definition of militia today versus what it meant back then so all this garbage from the left about, oh, there was a to be. No, it, it wasn't. In fact, the, the founding fathers and a lot of the laws back then, they actually made young people learn how to use firearms. Encouraged. Honestly, you know, you know, what, you know what we would actually be doing, Captain, if we were fulfilling uh, the vision of the founding fathers and the way they viewed that amendment right. We would actually be putting guns in the hands of 11 and 12 year olds in school settings and teaching them how to responsibly use firearms. That's what we would actually be doing. That is what the amendment was intended for. They understood very clearly that an armed population and an armed citizenry across the board was necessary for one purpose, self-defense and to defend themselves against some tyrannical government like the one we have today. That's it. That's the reason. And you can read all of the conversations, all of the, 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 the debate that went back and forth, and it's clear as day. But you know, John Stewart, that's inconvenient. He doesn't care. But the reason I played that clip was to, to to point out what he said in the end. Did you catch what he said? He tried to put he tried to put Nathan Dom at ease, and this is what they do in the beginning. He says, "Hey, hey, you know, look, I'm I'm really I'm one of you, Nathan. You know, uh, I'm I I don't want to take away the Second Amendment right. I, I don't want to ban guns right. So he lures him in, takes gets him to." put his guard down by saying that by suggesting that hey we actually agree on this nathan you understand how, how that works does that make sense captain all right let's play uh let's play cut 2 this is this is the first setup this is the setup that that well i'll play the setup and i'll tell you how nathan dom could have avoided this and changed the course of this entire interview play cut 2 captain go
0: You're saying more guns makes us more safe. Yes. So when we got 400 million guns in the country, we had an increase and gun deaths went up. So when exactly does this curve hit that takes it down?
1: Okay. So he sets up the premise, which is, which is that, More guns are actually responsible for more death, more criminality, more gun violence, and so on and so forth. Now, Dobbs' position, of course, which goes back to John Lott Jr., right? He's he's one of the leading, foremost experts in uh, studying gun violence. Uh, He's an economist and all these things. He's written extensively about the gun issue in multiple books. But more guns equal less crime. The, the point of that, of course, is to say that criminals are deterred from committing acts of violence if they are aware, think, or certainly know that the, the, their target is armed, right? A criminal is looking for uh, also the path of least resistance. So, you know, if a criminal's on a block on some street and there's two convenience stores and one has a sign up in the window that says, you know, unarmed, and the other one advertises that the, the clerk has a shotgun behind the desk. Which store do you think this individual is going to rob, right? Now, here's the, here's, the, here's, the, here's the thing that has to be addressed. And Dom just doesn't understand what's about to happen to him. It is true that currently there are more guns and more crime. But it's not related to the fact of having more guns. It's related to a lot of other factors. Right, like the economic situation, like the, the Democrat policies right, that have devastated police forces, that have emboldened criminals with these bail reform laws that put violent criminals back on the street without having to place any bail. It's the education system. It's the failure of public schools and the Democrat Party that's overseeing them. It is the removal of morality from our schools and our families and our culture. These are actually the things that are contributing. But Dom is going to accept that premise. Now, what Dom should have said to Jon Stewart is the following. John, do you know how many lives are saved with guns every year? Because remember, the Democrats' argument every time is that guns are killing people. They never ever address the inconvenient fact that guns have another purpose and they save lives. Now in a year, roughly 400,000 murders, essentially are prevented with guns via self-defense and between two and three million violent criminal acts are prevented as well because of guns. So it's very inconvenient. So, what he should have said to John was, John, he should have... Here's here's what I'll say. Here's the rule, all right? Remember this rule. Kill the left with questions. Because the left, the left is not savvy. The left is lazy. The left only regurgitates talking points that are supposed to prove... You know, whatever the point is that they're given from the White House, from some leftist organization. So they don't have mastery of any of this information. Do you understand? They're reading a script. So if you go off the script, they're ruined. So he doesn't have any information, any statistics, any facts. So that is actually the Achilles heel of the left when you debate them. But, it, you know, I it's like this. You know, if you're in class... And you're supposed to give a presentation on a book you read, right? And so the left, they read spark notes. So they can stand up before the class and they can give a pretty impressive presentation, but they didn't actually read the book. So when you get into specifics, they're exposed as frauds. You humiliate them. So this is what we have to learn to do. Ask them questions. And it's the same concept. Hey, John, I'm with you, brother. I want to get to the bottom of this. You turn the tables. Hey, I got a question for you. John, do you know how many, you know, crimes are prevented with, uh, with, 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 you know, guns every year? He won't know. Humiliate him. Well, it's between two and three million, John. Do you know how many, you know, murders are prevented? Uh, around 400,000. Did you know that, John? He wouldn't know. And so you could then say to John, well, it's interesting. So you're saying that, you're willing to take away guns and make it harder for law-abiding Americans to attain them. So actually, in the name of preventing the the murder of roughly 19,000 people with firearms, that's how many people are killed based on the data he gives. I'll get into it in a minute. But Jon Stewart's saying, hey, we've got to prevent these 19,000 deaths. Well, Jon Stewart's actually proposing that you increase murders by eight times. With his policies. Do you understand how that works? All right. So go ahead and queue up cut cut 3 captain. This is John Stewart on the attack.
2: Would a billion guns do it? Let's just run those numbers, you know, 400 million 50,000. Uh-huh. You're talking about a less than a fraction of not even a percent, of a hundredth of a percent, but it goes up, not down. So your argument is backwards. But if you want Okay, so so let's let's come up with a solution. Okay. So One of the issues, a contributing factor, again, I I believe it's the individual that is the problem. So your solution to that is give them more
1: guns. So he humiliates him there. He makes him look like a lunatic. So Nathan Don makes two fatal mistakes there, right? The first is that he tries to get into a conversation he's not going to win about numbers of deaths, as if that's relevant. I mean it is it is a relevant discussion but you know how the left is going to use that. So if you come to the left and say, well, you know, cancer kills more people than guns, they're going to make an emotional argument that's going to make you look like some lunatic. Oh, okay. So just because so and that's what John does to him. You'll hear it in a minute when he gets into the fentanyl stuff. But so so that's not what should have happened. But had Nathan Dom done what I just said he should have done, and I'm not trying to kill Dom here, okay? I'm just using him as an example. I want to make that clear. But had he said But because the entire premise of this, that entire premise of this whole conversation is that more guns, more death. But guns are also preventing death and they're preventing more murders than they're causing. And so if you press him on that and get him to accept your premise, he has nowhere to go. Do you understand how this entire argument falls apart when you point out the fact that guns actually save more lives than they kill? And this guy, John Stewart, wants to take away the guns, which is going to do what? It's going to prove your premise correct, that less guns actually equal more crime and more murder. All right. So it's actually Jon Stewart who has it backwards, and that's what he should have said. You know, but Nathan Dom, you know, he's in the lion's den, and he wants to appear, you know, pleasant and kind. And he thinks that he was invited onto the show, and I guarantee that's what happened. The producers... Of the John Stewart show. They called Dom and they said, Hey, you know, we're we're doing a lot of important episodes here covering, you know, important issues to America. And, you know, we want Dom to be able to 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 have his voice be heard on here. We want him to be able to to have a forum to discuss, you know, his position. And that's what they do. And Dom went on and got eaten alive. All right. So there's another false premise that that John Stewart sets up here. Um Go ahead and cue up and play cut four, Captain.
2: So I'm saying that because people are the problem, we need to look at the problems that those people are facing and how do we address it. But you've removed the ability for the state to do that. No, because because you're... If you don't have background checks
0: mm -hmm. and you don't have registration and permitting, how do you know who has a problem
2: in terms of the people who you're giving a gun to do you want to talk about the background checks first or do you want to talk about solutions first
0: i want to talk about what you're doing is you're bringing chaos to order
1: so so there's a new talking point the next trap he's going to bring up that a lot about you're bringing chaos to order that's the talking point you see john stewart had a script going into this he knew what points he was going to press and he led him like a lamb to the slaughter repeatedly now, Nathan Dahm in that portion you just heard there makes another mistake. He had an opportunity to change the conversation and gain the higher ground. But he threw it back to Jon Stewart and said, do you want to talk about the background checks or do you want to talk? About... You see what I'm saying? He put the power back in Jon Stewart to determine the future of that conversation, to steer it. Now, Jon Stewart could have been humiliated there because Jon Stewart talks about background checks, the red flag laws, registration. None of those things are proven to work, are proven to work at all. So you could have slapped John Stewart over the face again, killing him with questions. Well, hey, John Stewart, how many background checks have saved lives? How many have prevented mass shootings? Do you have data on that? Or are you just pulling that out of your AWS? He's pulling it out of his AWS because there's no proof of that. And in fact, you could have pointed out. Mass shooting after mass shooting after mass shooting, which took place in these very communities that have red flag laws and background checks, and those measures failed to prevent them. And you could humiliate John with it. You could ram it down his throat. Tell me, John, okay, what are the instances that background checks worked? Which murders specifically have they prevented, John? He wouldn't have an answer because he just has generic talking points. Ask them questions. Make them explain themselves. They're never made to explain themselves. They get away with making emotional arguments based on talking points and never have to prove their data. You never have, they never have to explain beneath the surface what's driving it. And they can't because they don't have a mastery of the issue. They're just repeating what they're told because they're useful propagandists who cannot think for themselves. And this, again, is their Achilles heel. But this strategy demands that you are the expert. Remember the analogy I just brought up about the book, you know, conversation in class, right? You're assigned, you know, a book to read and you're supposed to stand before the class and talk about it. Well, if you haven't read the book yourself, this strategy you can't use. So you have to know the answers to the questions that you're going to ask. And I'll give some other examples outside of this in a little bit. But anyway, Nathan Dom throws it back to Jon Stewart. Do you want to talk the background? Talk about background checks first or this other thing? And he says, no, I want to talk about how you're bringing chaos to order. Done. Shuts it down. And now he's going to take over. Play cut five, Captain. This is, this is, uh, this is another big big mistake.
2: That's your subjective opinion, you, that it's bringing chaos to order. It's not my subjective opinion.
0: We it have
1: 50,000
0: gun-related deaths. That's not a subjective opinion. Okay, so... That's dead people. Let me let me back up for a second. In every other place in your life, you want to bring order, but guns are the outlier for you. So let's start with immigration. You want registration, maybe a wall, maybe not a wall. Why do you want that?
2: Well, one of the reasons is because the fentanyl crisis. Right I mean, okay, but you, and but, you don't know when it's coming across, so what do you but do the fentanyl crisis is twice what the gun death crisis is
0: okay so, so until the gun crisis gets no, to the fentanyl level not until you it. don't want to bring order
1: it's It's painful to hear, isn't it because you know instinctively what he's doing wrong. you know he's just playing into the trap he's just walking to the guillotine, you know willingly that John Stewart's leading him to. So again, he makes the mistake of, of, of addressing this from a numerical perspective. That, that's not a place to take this argument. Because you know how the left is going to turn the tables on you. Now, you know, there are a few things you can do here. Uh, I mean, firstly, I would just say this. He's misrepresenting the number of deaths in one way. Uh, I, I think that we can agree there's a big difference between suicides from guns and murders from guns. Now, obviously, I'm not saying it's a good thing that people are killing themselves with guns for suicide. But obviously, in terms of preventing violent crime or murders, the left is talking about murders of other people. They're not talking about suicides. So Jon Stewart inflates the number. And it's based on 2020 data, but he's saying 50,000 gun deaths. Okay, yes, but 19,000 of them are actually murders. All right, 54% of those are suicides. And that's a significant thing to point out. But, you know, I, I would have said something else to him earlier. I would have pointed out the fact that 60% of convicted felons have said that uh, they um, they they avoided committing crimes whenever they knew the other person was harmed. That's from convicted felons. And 40% of convic- convic- convicted felons have said that they wouldn't commit a crime It if they thought the person even had a gun. So again, that points to the fact that this more guns, less crime, is actually true. And it's such a common sense thing. So anyway, there's the fentanyl issue. And and, and what's what's really outrageous about this is it's really gaslighting to some extent because Jon Stewart's trying to say to Dom here that Dom wants order everywhere except the gun issue, right? There he's okay with chaos. He's trying to suggest that Dom wants to save lives everywhere except with guns. But it's Jon Stewart and the left who only care about guns. They don't care about the border. And I would have pressed him on that too, probably. I would have pressed him on that too. Because that's the real point here. Jon Stewart's a hypocrite. He's sitting here. So John, let me get this straight. And you have to be aggressive with these people. That's the point. But okay, John, so you're suggesting that I want I want order everywhere, except but chaos when it comes to guns. Well, can you please explain to me why you want chaos everywhere except with guns? Throw it in their face and turn the tables every single time and press, press, press. All right, let's get to the next lesson in failed debate with a leftist. Uh, Captain cut six, cut six. So this is when you try to introduce a point, a valid point that's going to actually combat the left. You're going to get shut down and dismissed. Go ahead and play it. Captain cut six.
2: Are you familiar with the 39 year old woman in New Jersey? I'm familiar yeah. with a ton of anecdotes. Yeah. Uh, I'm asking not, you a simple is, this question. This is not an anecdote, John. When the police actually go to a house... She had a restraining order on her ex-boyfriend. I can run through
0: I know, we can hundreds run through and that. hundreds of examples mm-hmm. of women killed by their domestic partners by guns that were not taken away through uh, uh, the lessening of red flag laws. You're pivoting but to anecdotes.
1: So, you see what he does there? I mean, it's a really despicable, disgusting tactic, and that's what you can expect from the left. When you actually make a point and have not, because let me, let me, I'll tell you why he does this. Jon Stewart doesn't know the story he's about to tell. I don't know what it is either, to be honest. I presume that, you know, or maybe he does, but I presume that it's about, you know, obviously somebody who was was killed by a gun or something, and, you know, there's a red flag in place and it failed. So I guess maybe Nathan Dom was trying to make that point that red flags don't work, but he never got to make that point because Jon Stewart dismissed it as anecdotal. And this is the thing, the left is gonna treat you like some baby. They're not gonna treat you with respect. Jon Stewart didn't treat him with respect there. He's trying to speak up and make a point and have Jon Stewart respond, and Jon Stewart doesn't wanna respond because he's guiding the interview, and Nathan Dom is trying to go off script. And Jon Stewart doesn't wanna go off script because if he goes off script, he can't look like the hero here that's pummeling the right. So yeah, oh, it's just, it's all just anecdotal. When we talk about it, you know. Oh yeah, the four hundred thousand episodes in which you know a violent murder is is, is prevented or an act of violence is prevented—that's just anecdotal. Okay, John. Well, I guess those nineteen thousand deaths you're talking about, those are anecdotal too, are they not? Oh man, this I got like I get PTSD going through this interview, Captain, because I've been I and this is why I say it. I'm not I'm not. I'm not trying to this isn't a personal attack against dom like i've literally i've been in that seat before, and I know what it feels like and and I learned from it it's never gonna happen to me again, never gonna happen to me again. Captain was telling me before we started the program about the interview that um oh come on Captain, we're just talking about him Everyone, Russell Brand. So Russell Brand was on MSNBC or something like that, or one of those shows. And, you know, Bill Maher was on, um, and there was also some loser from MSNBC who's a, who's a propagandist, a little wimp, a little pansy man. And Russell Brand defended himself well. I mean, he was outnumbered, he was attacked, but Russell Brand was aggressive. Uh, he was comical. And he did not allow them um, to, to, to push him in the corner. He fought his way out, and he made sure that he got to talk. And, of course, he used humor. And that's something that's important, too, you know, to use humor, because humor disarms somebody. Reagan used it all the time, right? It's disarming. And Russell Brand, I was saying this before, he's, he does have a God-given ability. He's a funny guy. He's a likable guy. He doesn't come across as, as frightening or mean. You just, you just like him. And part of it's his British accent, too. All right, so let's play cut, cut seven. Now, uh, he was celebrated for this, John Stewart, by the left. Uh, but John Stewart is an idiot. Play this clip, Captain.
2: Because that's not what I'm doing. I'm defending the individual's right to keep and bear arms. That's a different argument. Okay, well, you we may do. Trying, here's, here's what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. You want to say I'm a Second Amendment purist and
0: I'm making it safer. You're not. You're making it more chaotic. And that's not a matter of
2: opinion. That's the truth. That is a matter of opinion, John. But why take away their tools? Because certain of their tools that they're using would be infringements upon the people's right to keep and bear arms, upon their constitutional rights, upon due so you're process, upon other things.
0: that registering is an infringement?
2: Yes. Okay.
0: Is voting a right? It's a
2: right for citizens, yes. Do you have to do anything to do it? Yes. What do you have to do? It depends on the state. What do you have to do? Sometimes you have to—you have to be at least eighteen years old. What do you have to do? And Keep in going. some places, you have to uh-huh. f- f- have a government-issued ID. What do you have to? You have to. You have to be on the voter rolls. Register. You have to register. Hmm? So you have to register to a right. Is that an infringement? Does the right to voting say "shall not be infringed"? Oh.
1: Man, and Nathan Dom—that's his worst line of the night. I mean, that—that—that—that—that—that—that's a stupid point. I mean, he just, he just, he kills himself there. And I, I, I I just want you to think about something as you've been listening to these clips and me talk about them during the show so far. How many times have you heard Nathan Dom ask Jon Stewart a question? Only when he gave the, 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 the power back over to Jon Stewart, when he said, do you want me to talk about, which of course was a, a very passive beta move, um, Throughout this, you see the body, the body language too. Nathan Dom is is, you know, he, he's kind of slunched over, you know, hunched over a little bit. Um, you know, he he's he's very he's not animated. Um he's very he's very calm, that's fine. But but John Stewart is leaning in constantly. Jon Stewart is animated. Jon Stewart is running the show. And that's why I say if there's one thing you remember. And we, you know, this is something you're going to, we're all going to have to work on and study and, 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 and practice, right? It's an art, it's a craft, but kill them with questions, kill them with questions. Um, so Jon Stewart, this hero makes this brilliant analogy between voting rights and gun rights. <laughs> Where should I begin captain with dismantling this stupid, stupid argument? So Firstly, the reason you register to vote is to prevent voter fraud, right? So you can only vote like you have, you know, Republican or Democrat primaries, for example. Well, you can't vote in a primary. I'm just making this up. but You know, if I live in Texas, I can't vote in the primary in Virginia, right? If I'm in in Texas or something like that and, and I'm a registered Republican, I can't go and vote in the Democrat primary to help choose the Democrat nominee, all right? You register to vote. Because you don't want people voting in states they don't live in, right? So that's the first point. Guns have nothing to do with that. So it's it's I even calling it an apples and orange comparison isn't even right. It's even stupider than that. So you have to register to vote, don't you? But you register? Do you have to register for free speech, John Stewart? That's what I would have said. Oh, speaking of all the rights, John, you have to register. Do you have to register? to speak freely? Do I have to register to go on, you know, uh, on my podcast and talk and share my opinion? No, I don't. Weird, John. How about that comparison, you dope? All right, so I want to to play cut eight, Captain. This is the, this is the climax, all right? This is, this is the, the tour de force ending of the interview, and honestly, it makes me mad. It makes me mad to see Jon Stewart just, I mean, it, it sums up the, 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 the whole experience, though. It really does. Go ahead and play cut, cut eight, Captain. Go. I'll go you one
0: further. You want to ban drag show readings to children. To why? my why? house, yes. Why?
2: why? Why? What are you protecting? Why can we prohibit children from voting, those under 18, from voting? Why are you banning? But also that. Is, is that free speech? Are you infringing on that performer's free speech? They can continue to exercise their free speech, just not in front of a child. Why? Because the government does have a responsibility to protect. I'm sorry. The government does have a responsibility in uh-huh. certain systems. What's the children. leading cause of death amongst children in this country? And I'm going to give you a
0: hint, it's not drag show readings to children. Correct, yes. So what is it? I'm presuming you're going to say it's firearms. No, I'm not going to say it like it's an opinion. That's what it is. It's firearms, more than cancer, more than car accidents. And what you're telling me is you don't mind infringing free speech to protect children from this amorphous thing that you think of. But when it comes to children that have died, you don't give a flying fuck to stop that because that shall not be infringed. That is hypocrisy at its highest order.
1: Sorry, I I forgot about the F bomb. I didn't warn you all. Hopefully didn't have some kid that's going to repeat it back to you. Um, my bad. Um, you know, I, I think a lot of that just goes without saying um, that it was really a humiliating ending for for Dom. And, you know, that's a new talking point, by the way, of the left. This has been circulated everywhere over the past week. They're They're, they're trying to do two different things simultaneously here, right? So we are winning a culture war right now. And that's, of course, against the pedophilic left. I don't know if that's a word, but you know, the the pedophiles over there. And, you know, for example, the the, the sick perverts in school in Florida, right, who who wanted to groom children. And this was the most effective attack we have mounted in a long time. We called the left groomers, right, who wanted to sexualize pre-K to third graders in Florida, and they lost their minds. They lost ground. Now, it's the thing is these aren't popular issues with the American people. I, I guarantee you, despite the attempts by the left to downplay this, a majority of parents out there do not want drag men dressed in drag reading to their children in school settings. I can pretty much guarantee you a majority of Americans are not on board with that. And the question for John Stewart would be, shut shut the hell up for a second. Did I just hear you correctly, John? So you. Why is it that you support drag shows for children? Why don't you explain that for me? Because the only real equivalent here to make or, or comparison is that there is, a, there is a similarity between the drag crap with children and the murder of kids. It's amorality in America. So those things can be tied together, but not in the way that Jon Stewart wants to. So you see, Jon Stewart's trying to make a inconvenient issue that is harming the left's agenda which is attention to what they've been doing with these drag readings and drag show promotions for children. He's trying to make that go away and make it seem insignificant while uplifting this other issue that is convenient for the Democrats, which is the gun grab. And so, you know, gun, I mean, think about how stupid this is. Drag shows aren't killing children and you're focusing. Oh, I'm sorry. We can't focus on anything else. We can only focus on one thing at a time, John. And I would say to him, you know, do you support genital mutilation of children too, John? This is very, they're very interesting to me that you bring this up. So you don't think drag, you, you, you do support and endorse drag readings for five-year-olds. Why is that, John? Just a few years ago, that would have been insane. What's happened to you, John? So, you know, but this is the big point by the left right now. I mean, start looking for it. It's like when you, I don't know, like I, I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm having a kid next month, right? I'll be a dad. Now I see babies everywhere. Everywhere I go, there's a baby. You know, you'll see this argument made by the left now everywhere. And it's a talking point. And the way the left operates, they're highly organized. So they've got people on Twitter. Some are paid. Some get invited to the White House. And they are, I, I, I am telling you this is how it works. And this is what we have to do too. The left, a group of people at different organizations, they are watching things all the time, like I am with the news. And they're developing these photos that you see posted by lunatic Democrats on your Instagram stories, putting out these talking points. They're not making those. Those are being distributed. So you have mouthpieces out there that are now spreading this. And Jon Stewart's one of them saying, oh, Republicans, they're more concerned with drag shows than the deaths of our children. You see what they're doing and how they operate? So we have to be able to mount an offense and put them on the defense constantly. That's what this comes down to. All right. So, Joe Biden went to Selma, uh, the site of the bloody uh, massacre, Bloody Sunday, I believe it was in 1965, in which a bunch of Democrats beat, whipped, and threw tear gas into crowds of civil rights activists, black people. Democrats did it. Now, this is one of those things I'm going to stress and I'm working on a book and I I might have a chapter on this. We should be hanging the proverbial racist noose around the Democratic Party's neck at every possible opportunity. It is beyond me that this party that is exclusively responsible for perpetuating racism and slavery in America claims the higher ground on that issue. I mean, think about it. Joe Biden, who was a racist, who was friends with racists and KKK members, who is lying about his past involvement with the civil rights movement. He had no involvement. But this person who belongs to the party of slavery and the party of Jim Crow is going to Selma, where the Democratic Party killed black people and saying that we need to teach history. Now, what we need to start doing is getting ahead of them anticipating their moves, and like I said, putting them on the defense. Because we should be saying things like, you know what? We actually do pr- promote curricula. We should be developing a curricula. We, just, we should talk about how important it is that American children are taught black history in America. It is so important that these children know that the Democratic Party is responsible for racism in America. I agree, Democrats. Let's teach our children that. They should know what your party has done to them in the past. And they should know how we overcame the Democratic Party. How brave people in this country, Republicans, the party of Lincoln, how they pushed back and fought alongside black Americans so that they could have the rights that were guaranteed to them, but not given by Democrats. That's the history make their heads explode. That should be our objective every single day. So go ahead and play this cut by Joe Biden. It makes me sick, of course. The truth matters. Notwithstanding what the other team is trying to hide. They're trying to hide the truth. No matter how hard some people try, we can't just choose to learn what we want to know and not what we should know. We should learn everything. The good... The bad, the truth of who we are as a nation. And everyone should know the truth of Selma. Yeah, well, the truth of Selma is that a bunch of Democrats fired tear tear gas into a a bunch of black marchers. That's the reality. You see how they obscure? I, I mean, imagine if the Nazi party existed today in Germany and they went... And and went to some site, some Holocaust site. And they had the audacity as the Nazi party to say, Germany must remember its history. Its history? Whose history? Your history. And I'm sick and tired of Democrat. I mean, it, honestly, the more I think about it, the crazier it is to me that this this could possibly happen in America. That the party responsible for slavery and for this event is going there and blaming America, Americans and America for the stain. They, 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 they use the issue of racism to defy, divide America and expand their political power while absolving themselves and forgetting and not mentioning the fact that it's their party that's responsible. They don't want Americans to put two and two together. It's crazy to me that this happens. And notice, he's not going to Native American sites. He's not going to, you know, where Chinese were working on the railroad. He's only focused, oh, you know, like John Stewart. Hey, Joe Biden, using John Stewart's argument. You know, why is it that you're singularly focused, you know, on this issue of what happened to black people? Aren't there other people who are affected in America? Why are you so obsessed with one group? Why are you ignoring all these other groups that your party demolished? All right. So, you know, it's so funny. Ever since I did the episode, I guess last week about you know this Dominion lawsuit and what a hoax it is. Uh, you know, I've got I've got I've got Dem- Democrats coming out of the woodwork, Captain, telling me what an idiot I am, that I'm a MAGA cultist and that, you know, the, the 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 walls are closing in. And they send me these articles. And they say, "Look, they're guilty. Fox is guilty. Look what they did." And I read these articles and I've got one here. I've got one here. This is uh, from Slate, which is a far left rag. And so somebody sent me this. They said, see, we got we got Fox News. They're all guilty. They're going down. And so I, I, I said, did you read the article? Ah, he's going down. So I, I read the article. I read it. Why not? I'm not afraid. So the headline is Tucker Carlson's Dominion text messages are a thing of beauty. Jeremy Stahl The uh, communist propagandist is the author. And, um, you know, this was written probably last week, but nonetheless, let me explain first, right? The allegation here by Dominion is that Fox News is guilty of defamation because, you know, Fox News knew that the election wasn't stolen, but chose to say it was Because they wanted to make a profit and have people watch Fox news. What's very interesting that this case is missing is the the dominion problem. So dominion suing for defamation of dominion, right? And yet you'll notice that there's very little to do with dominion in the media's coverage of this. Do you understand what I'm saying here? If it's about dominion, right? I'm dominion and I'm upset you defamed me in some way. I'm suing you for Defamation. And yet everything that Dominion is leaking and everything that the left is covering has nothing to do with Dominion itself. It's about other things. It's about Tucker Carlson's text messages. It's about these people don't have any credibility. it's It's about the big lie, they call it, that the left stole the election. So... I, I, you know, the, the left now is saying this is a slam dunk. We have got them this time. Fox News is going down. We're going to put them out of business. All these people are guilty. Dominion is ascendant. Yes, we finally are getting them. Just wait a few weeks. The narrative is going to start to change because Dominion has nothing. Nothing. So let's go through a couple of these things. Uh, so the New York Times and Washington Post reported that Dominion voting systems had filed... A 178 page brief in its 1.6 billion defamation lawsuit against Fox News, detailing how, in the words of the brief, from the top down, Fox knew the Dominion stuff was total BS. To demonstrate this case, Dominion revealed embarrassing excerpts of text messages and depositions from Fox News executives, journalists, staff, and program hosts, demonstrating a widespread acknowledgement in the company that the claims. Some Fox programs were propagating about Dominion stealing the election for Joe Biden were really crazy stuff, really crazy stuff. So, I mean, so I'm going to read some of these text messages. None of them prove what Dominion is saying. So you've got an article suggesting that they've got them, and then you read the article, and none of this proves it. None of this proves it. So they focus on Tucker Carlson. And they acknowledge Carlson did not push the outlandish and completely unfounded conspiracy theories by Trump attorneys Rudy Giuliani and Sidney Powell. That Dominion's voting machines had rigged the election. Did you pick that up, Captain? So Jeremy Stahl. Now, I was given this article by a bunch of leftists who were going rabid on the Internet last night or something like that, trying to, to attack me and make me feel so scared. I was sent this article as proof that Fox News is guilty of what Dominion says. So this is the proof, right? From a leftist. And then I read the article and the article says Carlson did not push the outlandish and completely unfounded conspiracy theories that Dominion's voting machines had rigged the election for Biden. I thought the lawsuit was asserting that people like Tucker Carlson pushed the lie about Dominion. So, you know, whatever. They get into different text messages, you know, and it's, it's, who cares? Don't get mad at Tucker. You know they're, they're just trying to they're trying to you know get the base to turn on Tucker here. That's really what they're trying to do. Because look, I mean I, I mean I say things in text messages too with people, but you know um, on November on, on November 10th, Carlson said to his producer that it had been a mistake to not present Trump's voter fraud claims, while also acknowledging, "I just hate this crap." On November 12th, Carlson texted uh, Sean Hannity, here's the context, talking about Fox reporter Jackie Heinrich's tweet, fact-checking the lies, Trump and certain Fox News hosts were spewing about Dominion, Carlson texted Sean Hannity, please get her fired, seriously, what what the duck, I'm actually shocked, it needs to stop immediately like tonight, it's measurably hurting the company, the stock price is down, not a joke. Carlson then informed Hannity that he just went crazy on an executive over Heinrich's accurate reporting. The next morning, Heinrich deleted her tweet. What's astonishing to me is that the left is uh, got their panties in a wad about Fox News reporting a story that they didn't like. That they didn't like. And I don't have time to get into it this episode but the left most certainly did steal the 2020 election. And the mail-in ballots alone, that strategy was enough. I talked about it last episode. That, that's a matter of fact. That's a matter of fact. So, so, and the left, of course, Hillary Clinton to this day claims that Trump is in, was an illegitimate president. So, I mean, this is such a joke. I mean, they're creating, you know, hysterics, you know, just to try and push their agenda and smear Fox News, and this is a big nothing burger. A big nothing burger. And and, and so the left, the left really the disagreement is they're upset that Fox News said something that they believe is not true. And yet, these same Democrats and people on the left, they don't have any problem with the fact that their entire media, from CNN to MSNBC to CNN, they just lied to them for nearly three years about COVID. In fact, the media the media so Fox News, right? They by covering this story suggested that it was possible that the 2020 election was stolen. Joe Biden is still the president. It had no impact whatsoever. But the the media on the left, they were responsible singularly for lying about COVID, reporting lies from the left about inflated inflated uh, COVID numbers, cases, body counts, dismissing the origins of COVID and encouraging people to be afraid, spewing their fear porn campaign and defending the actions of Democrats and others to lock down states based on science that they knew wasn't real. That destroyed millions of jobs, It destroyed people's livelihoods. It destroyed our economy. We have inflation. Our country's less safe because of it. That is a massive impact to America. America is not the same country it is today that it was before the pandemic that the Democrats used to fundamentally begin altering the American economy and mentality and relationship between us and the government. And the left isn't upset at all about that. They're not upset at all about that which had wide-scale ramifications for the entire country, which have made all of us less safe and more poor. But they're very angry with Fox News because Fox News said it's possible the Democrats stole the election. Let's interview people about it. So, as I like to say, go to hell. Go to hell. Um... All right, well, that's about it for today, I think. Um, I'll let you chew on that. We'll, we'll, we'll do another episode this week. I don't know if it'll be tomorrow yet or not. We'll get it figured out. But, you know, there's, there's, there's always more to get into. But I just, you know, I really do want to make it my objective here. Uh, it's very important to me to to just, you know, I said to Captain before the show, you know, we, we, we've got numbers, but we're just out-trained. You know, the left is just better trained than we are. And one of the things I said, too, in, with regards to all these different tactics, you know, whether it's straw man arguments and everything they do, I mean, saw Lindsay's Rules for Radicals. Well, they had to develop those tactics because they have to be deceptive about their agenda. And, and, and the, the, the problem for us is that we have facts and truth on our side, so we don't have to do that. And so we've, we've got to learn some techniques here and identify what the left is doing so that we can defeat them. And um, and we will, I think. But anyway, all right. This is Drew Allen, your millennial minister of truth. God bless you all. And until next time.
0: Talk to my friend, Drew Allen. And I'll tell you what, he's a tough guy. A
1: millennial conservative.
0: I've, I've become a big fan of One your writing. One of the great young thinkers of our time. Appreciate his opinion. <laughs> conservative Drew professors. Allen. diehard conservative. I look into this guy for wisdom.